You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. You can check out 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible on my website. They're all recorded in high-definition widescreen and uh, there to equip you to become confident in being able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Also, coming up Saturday, November 4th, I'm going to be speaking out at the Creation Museum. The, they're having an on-museum day. 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. They're going to have all kinds of speakers out there. It's a fantastic place to learn more all about uh, creation and and uh, some of the controversial issues regarding creation and evolution and these sorts of things. They're going to have speakers like Dr. Josh, uh, Dr. John Baumgartner is going to be out there, uh, Russ Miller, Dr. Chris Green, all kinds of people. So love to see you out there at the museum. Uh, if you've been keeping up on the news at all, uh, or if you're interested in apologetics at all, uh, not too long ago, this, was, this is from uh, Fox News, Mormon President Thomas Monson, 90 year, years old, to miss conference. This was uh, back in uh, late September. It says here, Mormon President Thomas Monson, 90, won't attend this weekend's church conference because of deteriorating health, marking the first time in more than a half century that the longtime church leader won't deliver spiritual guidance at the important twice-yearly event. Monson's absence was confirmed Thursday by church spokesman Eric Hawkins, who referred to a previous statement in May that revealed Monson was no longer going regularly to meetings at church offices because of limitations related to his age. Monson, who in 2008 became the 16th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is considered a prophet, seer, and revelator. He oversees the religion's church and business operations with help from two top counselors and members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Now, um, as I, you know, this is really an apologetic show. We talk to people all about science and religion. We've had, uh, we've had Muslims on the show, former Muslims on the show, Buddhists, uh, you know, all kinds of, just had Lawrence Krauss on, who is an atheist who believed the, believes the universe came from nothing. And uh, my guest today is Dr. Corey Miller. He's the president and CEO of Ratio Christi, which we'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. But um, what's relevant here to the issue of Mormonism, Mormonism, he grew up in Utah as a sixth generation Mormon, and he came to Christ in 1988. And he's been a youth and college pastor, a Bible college and university professor, campus minister, lecturer, and uh, form, foremost, he is an evangelist. And so I just wanted to thank you for being on the show today, Dr. Miller. Thank you, Kevin. It's my uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to you. You know, I, a while back, quite a while back, um, I had a Mormon high priest on the show, and um, I actually became friends with him. I've been over to his house for dinner and so forth, and I, I uh, was excited to hear what you had to say because I teach a unit on Mormonism uh, to my high school students at uh, the Christian high school, and uh, there's so many questions I have about, about Mormonism, even, even after studying it, uh, and it's really... Uh, 
always interesting to me to meet somebody who actually has a background coming out of Mormonism. And you uh, are in the process. A book is actually supposed to come out in November, Leaving Mormonism, Why Four Scholars Changed Their Minds, uh, authored by you. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, myself and a co-author, former BYU professor, Lynn Wilder. Okay, now... With two other contributing authors. Now, was he... He's also a former Mormon? Uh, Lynn is... Yeah, all, all four of us are former Mormons. Two males, two females. Two that were um, born into Mormonism. Two that were converts into Mormonism. Okay. All four who have left Mormonism to pursue Jesus and scholarship. Oh, that's very interesting. Well, I want to talk a lot about that, but before we before we get there, um, I wanted to start off the show um, just by asking you, how did you um, give us a little background on your upbringing uh, growing up? You're a sixth generation Mormon. Um, I read online that you, your your um, ancestors actually had uh, direct relations with uh, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. Is that right? Right. Um, I, I need to check back into one of the genealogical uh, Places because I may actually be a seventh generation Mormon, and I've just come across some things here. Uh, okay. In any case, yeah, my uh, uh, ancestor John Scott was—they uh, were converted in 1836, six years after the publishing of the Book of Mormon, and uh, there was sort of a family breakup there because uh, at the time, right after the publishing of the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith's own theology started evolving as well as his. Uh, issues in polygamy, mm. and uh, he had 34 wives and then 11 more that were other men's wives assigned to him. And one of the uh, one of his counselors in the first presidency, uh, William Law, he courted his wife and wanted her to marry Joseph Smith while he was still alive. So he was creating not just polygamy but polyandry. And mm. William Law said, "No way." His wife said, "No way." Uh, it ended up making one of the first splits in different Mormon sects. There are over 400. And uh, that was a split in my family. Uh, the father uh, stayed with William Law. The son, John Scott, to declare his loyalty to Joseph Smith, uh, took five wives and 36 children, and uh, I am an heir to John Scott. So my family tells me I come from healthy stock. <laughs> that That is really amazing. Uh, yeah, and, and then... Uh, following those lines, uh, Brigham Young is the second uh, prophet in Mormonism, the, the president. So, so um, that relationship, John's relationship, uh, goes on with Brigham Young. Is that correct? Yeah, Brigham Young is the second prophet of uh, one of 400 different mm. prophetic sects. We need to remember that. And um, why are you emphasizing that, uh, the, the different sects of Mormonism? Well, because when Mormon missionaries are talking with people, their first missionary discussion in your home is to create a need for a living prophet, and they do so by uh, pointing out there in the flora and fauna of Christendom and show all the different uh, sects and disagreements and try to make the case that Heavenly Father is not a God of confusion. Mm. Therefore, there was always one clear, crystal clear path and, uh, hey, that's us. Look at this. We've got a living prophet, 12 living apostles, as should always be the case. And uh, there's no one else that has that. When, in fact, there are probably 80 existing sects, and there have been 400. Uh, so, yes, my uh, ancestor, John Scott, ended up following Brigham Young, the senior apostle at the time of the Quorum of the Twelve, but there were definite different sects going in different directions at the time and uh, started taking direct orders from Brigham Young right after my ancestor, being a bodyguard of Joseph Smith, took his body back to Nauvoo. 
Uh, and then he went uh, with the LDS Saints to Utah, where they landed uh, with the what is now known as the Salt Lake sect. Some people have called that the Brighamite sect, but for most people, that's what they think of when they think of Mormon. They're thinking Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, gotcha. And just to summarize for our listeners, uh, basically what you're saying is uh, some some Mormons, when they come to your door, what they're going to say is, hey, look, it, you've got all kinds of denominations in uh, Christianity. Clearly, you guys are confused and wrong. We don't have all these denominations, therefore we are clearly correct. Is that is that where you're going? That's right. It's to create a need for modern revelation mm. led by one person. Very good. Okay, that's very interesting. Well, uh, so so I want to talk more about the, these sorts of things, these apologetic issues that pertain to Mormonism. Um, uh, it's very... Uh, I had a guy that I... Uh, well, some of my students interviewed, and he was talking to a evangelical Christian, and he was a Mormon uh, gentleman, uh, former Mormon, and he said that the way that he was led to the Lord was because this Christian guy challenged him with 10 questions, and he said, if you can answer these 10 questions, I will become a Mormon. And uh, this man said, oh, great, I'm going to have this guy, uh, he's going to be a Mormon in no time. But what ended up happening was he couldn't answer those 10 questions, and he ended up uh, realizing Mormonism is not true. Um, so I want to hear your story about how you came to the conclusion that, you know what, um, this is not correct. I've decided that I'm going to uh, leave Mormonism and um, move into Christianity, Orthodox Christianity. Uh, my guest today is Dr. Corey Miller. He is the president and CEO of Ratio Christi. And uh, Ratio Christi is on college campuses all over uh, the country. And I believe they're even now um, in other countries. And uh, their website is ratiochristi.org. That's R-A-T-I-O-C-H-R-I-S-T-I dot O-R-G if you're interested in learning more about that. And uh, you'll also be able to buy uh, Dr. Miller's book, Leaving Mormonism, Why Four Scholars Change Their Minds. That's coming out in November. And you, in fact, if you, if you go on, I guess, Amazon, you can uh, buy it in advance here if you're, if you're really excited. So stay with us. We're going to be right back and continue this uh, very interesting discussion. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Be sure to join us for the 9th Annual VES National Apologetic Conference at Maranatha Chapel in San Diego, featuring Pastor Ray Bentley and Greg Kogel from Stand to Reason, and much more in defense of the sanctity of human life. Friday, October 27th and 28th. Register today at conference.ves.edu. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 
619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will cast my cares on you. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. If you want to pick up copies of this show or any of the other shows that I've done with experts all over the world, I've interviewed um, former lesbian Patty Height, who talks about how she met Christ and left homosexuality. I've interviewed uh, Julie Doan, RN, residential nurse Julie Doan, who is an expert on um, social media addiction and its impact on our relationship with Christ and our ability to have a relationship with Christ. Uh, I've interviewed um, uh, people from the other side, too. Lawrence Krauss, uh, who is an atheist, uh, who uh, a physicist at the University of Arizona, who says everything comes from nothing. So all kinds of interesting shows there. You get to hear um, people who have unique backgrounds. My guest today is Dr. Corey Miller, and he certainly has a unique background. He is a former Mormon and uh, grew up in Utah. He is a descendant, uh, sixth or seventh generation, possibly, uh, Mormon. And uh, Dr. Miller, can you pick up where we left off uh, and start us? What was your growing up, like growing up in your family, and uh, were your parents uh, polygamous? No, they were not. <laughs> uh, that's what a lot of people ask me. Yeah. Um, no, that, that uh, for the Salt Lake Church, that is under the ban since 1890. Now, coincidentally, uh, Utah wanted statehood, and then the U.S. government didn't want, they didn't like their polygamy uh, issues, and suddenly the revelation came from on high that they had to put a ban on polygamy. Yeah. Same thing with the blacks and the priesthood. I, I remember that. June 1st of 1978, blacks could now hold the priesthood. I was a young boy at that time, but... Quite a number of Mormons were shocked by that because that wasn't really supposed to happen. Yeah, so uh, I want to I want to ask you about that. So, how did your parents respond to that? I mean, do, weren't people thinking to themselves, "Wow, this seems a little too convenient. This is more like man manipulating God, not God uh, commanding man." What What, what do you think? How did people respond to that? Yeah, well, um, it, it depended on the individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, many were not happy about it. Many were, you know, right uh, on the trail of the civil rights movement, and so they saw the sense of it. Uh, it's going to depend on the individual Mormon you're asking, but uh, that wasn't that was quite a surprise to everyone. I think uh, for my for my own background, uh, like one of the other authors, uh, contributing authors, I have an ancestral Mormonism. I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah in Mormonism, so I uh, grew up with the psychology and sociology as well as the theology and so forth. But my immediate family uh, were, both my mom and dad were sort of black sheep of their own individual uh, families, and so I had a buffer zone in terms of, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't as harsh as some of my friends uh, or colleagues who have come out of Mormonism with the immediate family. Uh, I faced a bit more pressure with uh, my friends, my extended family and culture coming out of Mormonism, uh, because you could potentially be, on one interpretation, one of the sons of perdition, and that is not a good eternity. Uh, so it was that, um, my conversion experience that took place in Hume Lake in California uh, at a camp where I didn't go to go for the camp or to go hear about God. I had my own religion, uh, but I 
um, was there on the condition that I, I could go one week to that camp. I could spend the whole summer at the beaches. It was a great idea for me. The guy spoke on hell. I tell people it scared the hell out of me and heaven into me, quite literally. <laughs> uh, but I'd never seen uh, the, um, the depths of sin that I resonated with in my heart uh, when he presented the gospel that day. It made grace appear utterly graceful. I saw the love of Jesus and people for the first time and not religion. It was a clear difference. So I packed my bags at the end of the summer, moved back to California for my junior year of high school and was discipled then. It was only when I came back to Utah my senior year that the pressure was on to reconvert and to consider what move I had just made becoming an apostate. Now, all away from the church. Now, Dr. Miller, did, did your parents know that you had made that decision at Hume Lake? Uh, did you share that with them? Or, or? Yeah. So I wasn't living. My mother and father were not uh, married at the time. Uh, so I was just living with my mother. Okay. And then um, was there any pressure not to let you go? I mean, did, did, was she aware that she was sending you to a Christian camp? And was, was she concerned about that at all? Yeah, again, as the black sheep of their families, uh, neither my mom nor my father were uh, active Mormons. We would call it Molly Mormons in Utah, mm. um, more lukewarm uh, in name only. My grandparents on both sides were, um, respect, in different respects, uh, very solid. Uh, grandfather was almost a Mormon bishop. My grandmother on one side had claimed to see Jesus two times in the Mormon temple. Very, very active Mormon family on, on that note. So there wasn't a problem for me uh, in some of the uh, autonomy I had growing up to make certain decisions. Uh, mine was more extended family, culture, and things like that. And, and the reason I'm into philosophy and theology, and I teach comparative religions and philosophy at Indiana University today and lead this uh, campus ministry on 185 college campuses in 10, around, 10 countries around the world, is because I started to fall into skepticism. Mm. Uh, after I had come back and I was challenged to reread the Book of Mormon for the sake of truth this time and not just tradition, um, it made sense to me that my eternity may hang in the balance, and so I decided to take uh, them up on the offer. And I came away feeling glad that I'd made the decision to leave Mormonism, but now what it did is it caused me to wonder, look, I'd been deceived once before. How many yeah. people, how many good people are deceived by a holy book like this? Mm. How do I know the Bible is not like that? How do I know God even exists, and if so, which God? And that sent me for a time into a period of skepticism um, where I started to search out uh, different world religions and uh, science and history and ended up uh, landing firmly uh, back in uh, with Jesus of historic Christianity. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Now, uh, when you started to look at Mormonism, what was it? Was there anything in particular that jumped out at you that you just, you just said, no, this is clearly not the truth? Well, I started seeing some of the uh, historical backing of the Book of Mormon, which is very scanty at best. Mm. Um, much of it, the, the, the sorts of objects, uh, horses, steel, certain things talked about in the Book of Mormon, it didn't add up. It uh, didn't fit the bill archaeologically. The peoples that were talked about, uh, the theology seemed to be different from uh, what I was seeing in the Bible, even though the Book of Mormon is much more orthodox to uh, the Bible's view of God than is the evolved theology of Mormonism. But it was that evolved theology, too, that you cannot divorce from the Book of Mormon because uh, the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith are intricately tied together. Yeah. 
Now, um, it's this is interesting that you came to these conclusions and you saw this. Um, is there a are there a lot of Mormons leaving Mormonism, or are you kind of a unique, uh, you know, uh, ab, ab, uh, anomaly uh, here in the, in this kind of a situation? No, there's quite the exodus taking place out of Mormonism right now, in part to due to the internet. Um, we this book is is absolutely unique because. Uh, it's the first book ever written by this, by authors who were once insiders, who are currently broadly evangelical, and who possess academic doctorates. Those mm. three criteria have never taken place in a, in a collective uh, book setting. Uh, but in terms of the big exodus taking place right now, a lot of it is because of what Mormons are finding on the Internet um, about the history of their church and about Joseph Smith about how he was trying to assign other men's wives to himself, even while they were still living, um, about some of the, um, uh, you know, ethical incongruities that he was involved in, uh, and the cover-up that the Mormon Church has done with their history. So that a lot of uh, these uh, Mormons, that they, they hear about this the first, for the first time, uh, maybe by talking with a Christian, they send them to a website or something. They say, no, no, this couldn't be the case. They go to a Mormon apologetics website, and the apologetics website shows them 20 or 30 different issues that are, are new to them. They're defending them all, of course, but all of this is opening up the eyes uh, to Mormons that are starting to question and now have massive access to it. Uh, so the, um, the stats uh, done by... Um, some scholars that are really have a vested interest that um, have been Mormons themselves on this, but haven't come out and become evangelical Christians like us, is that approximately 47 to 53 percent of all Mormons leaving Mormonism right now go into either agnosticism or the new atheism. Oh. And so at the end, mm. end of our book, uh, we try to offer a chapter that um, puts a stop sign there and says, don't go left. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Go right. Here are some responses to the new atheism in terms of the problem of evil, the reliability of the Bible, the philosophical relationship between science and religion. Christianity of the historical stripe is intellectually superior to all competing worldviews. We've got good reasons to pursue Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. That is that is really great. I think that's a, such a great way that you're ending that book there because... Uh, like you said, you know, um, it's easy for somebody to become so skeptical that they just become an agnostic. My guest today is Dr. Corey Miller. He's the president and CEO of Ratio Christi. He's also the author of a book that'll be out in November, Leaving Mormonism, Why Four Scholars Changed Their Minds. Stay with us. We're going to continue to discuss the issue of Mormonism and how so many people are leaving Mormonism. We'll be right back. Before I bring my I will bring my heart. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate2efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate2efl.org. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. I'm giving it Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. You can pick up a recording of this program. Please check us out on Facebook, too, or YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel. If you like to watch radio programs instead of just listen to them, uh, feel free to check that out. Also, coming up on November 4th, Saturday, is Museum Day. And uh, here in San Diego, out in Santee, the Creation Museum is going to be uh, having a huge event. There's all kinds of great stuff for kids there, science experiments workshops, rides, animals, face painting, all the good stuff, and then all kinds of speakers all throughout the day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm I'm actually one of the speakers. I'm going to be talking about God and genetics, and uh, so I hope you can make it out there. My guest today is Dr. Corey Miller. He is a sixth or seventh generation. Uh, He's he's, uh, still checking that out. You could go to uh, uh, Ancestry.com, Dr. Miller. Yeah, I think it's actually probably seventh generation, but in the book I put sixth generation because I was so fixated on uh, my great-great-grandfather, John Scott. I even took my kids to see his tombstone in Salt Lake when I was there, took my mother to see it, uh, because John Scott was the one that ended up being a colonel in the Mormon battalion, uh, followed Brigham Young, was a personal bodyguard of Joseph Smith, but uh, his father, Jacob Scott, I think I'm probably seventh generation, but yeah, the book is already... Getting ready to go into print. So yeah, there it is. Well, well, we'll just get the word out there. But hey, uh, so John Sky, is he the one? There was a big scandal with uh, Brigham Young over uh, people. Uh, there was a the conflict, a military conflict, and a bunch of people died. Is he the one that was involved in that? Well, he was involved in military conflicts. Um, I guess it would be a question which one in particular uh, I, there was a I, I can't I, I can't remember it offhand but I know that there was a big um, and it's kind of something that's kind of covered up well there's lots of things that are covered up but th- this relates to what I was going to ask you next I know back in 2014 um, the New York Times uh, actually published an article saying Mormon leaders have acknowledged for the first time that the church's founder and prophet portrayed in church materials as a loyal partner to his loving spouse, Emma, took as many as 40 wives, some already married, and one only 14 years old. And um, 
and I was going to ask you, so, so is this just information that Mormons were generally unaware of? And, and like you said, because of the internet, now uh, Mormons are having to defend this. What do you see as the future of the church in this case uh, as all this information is coming out? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, there's a lot of Mormons that are, as they're finding this stuff out, um, they want to stay part of the church. They want the church to be honest. Mm-hmm. If the church would just be honest and not cover up, they would maintain their presence and membership. Um, but it's it's the equivalent right now to the pedophile priest syndrome that many people experienced with the Catholic Church. Yeah. And uh, the cover-up element uh, gave all kinds of credence to something, something conspiratorial like the Da Vinci Code. And so, you know, it's a real frustration. But it's, it's surprising that Mormons, when they find it out, they would be satisfied. If the Church would just admit it all, they would stay. And I've got friends who have gone all the way back through, you know, high school, uh, they've gone on their missions, and they're part of that, that they would like to stay, if only they would be honest. Yeah. And my thought is, is well, if they were honest... And it was true what, what is reported to have happened. Why would you want to stay? Yeah. <laughs> one reason, I think, is because, look, people, I've never met one person in my entire life, and I've talked to my colleagues in the, in the book about it as well, uh, that have ever become a Mormon for intellectual reasons. Mm. That's not to say Mormons aren't intellectual pe- people. I mean, they're very successful. I, I firmly believe we'll eventually have a Republican nominee uh, and perhaps a president eventually. Sure. Uh, that is, is Mormon. Well, we um, had Mitt but, Romney, right? Yeah, sure, Mitt Romney, but he yeah. wasn't the only one that ran. You've, you've got about two each cycle, and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're bright people, they're good citizens, good neighbors. Um, but when it comes to religion, you don't, it's more sociological and psychological than theological or logical. Yeah. Uh, the Mormon epistemology or theory of knowledge when it comes to uh, engineering or genetics or something else, they, they're like the rest of us, thinking logically and rationally. When it comes to religion, it, it often sounds like Immanuel Kant, the fact-value dichotomy, the faith-reason division. Mm. And the Mormon way of knowing is by the burning of the bosom. Yeah. Um, not by facts and logic. You well, can you explain... You don't explain, Mormonism expl- for intellectual reasons, and you generally aren't going to leave uh, sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so interesting to me because um, the there's two two questions I have for you. When I was talking to the Mormon high priest that I uh, had the privilege of um, befriending, who who was an incredibly nice guy. I mean, uh, just over the top nice, honestly. And uh, his life was dedicated to serving people and just a very, very nice guy. Um, But I asked him. I, I said, because he was trying to get me to become a Mormon, and uh, I I asked him, what about this, and what about this? I was pointing out all the different things, you know, the, the genetics doesn't match up, they say that the... Uh uh, uh, the Nephites and so and the Lamanites are descended from the Jews, and mm-hmm. we know from genetics that they're not descended of the Jews. And I pointed out, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've already brought up. And I said, "How is it?" I said, "I can't do this. I, I couldn't even be a Mormon if I wanted to be a Mormon because it's there's no cohesion with <laughs> logic and truth." And I I said to him, "How do you do this?" Because you're a very he was a very very successful person, uh, very wealthy, and he said, you know, I just was on my mission as a young man, and I said to myself, well, what if it's all true? And I thought, really? That's your answer? And so, like you're saying, the burning in the bosom is just a, kind of a, a blind faith kind of thing. 
Is that that's what you're saying, right? Uh, well, it's an ecstatic experience, they claim. I, I can't give the ultimate explanation for it. Is it, um, is it natural? Is it gas? Is it supernatural? Does that mean it's God, or could it be Satan? Yeah. Could it be self-induced? I don't know the answer to that for every person. But I, I can tell you that many of the friends that I still have, that some who are now even atheists still go to church still teach in the Sunday uh, schools and so forth. Who are still, they're atheists, you said? Because it's a community, because it has a certain morality, because Mm. it's good for kids. Yeah. Uh, Pragmatism is the only indigenous philosophy in America. If it doesn't, if it's not broken, don't fix it. It works. I'm still a good person, and it's a good environment to bring your kids up in. Well, and how would you refute that? What would you say, uh, what somebody said, if they said that to you, what, what would you say? Well, I mean... I would say if it's false, then if, if uh, biblical Christianity is true, and Mormonism teaches a false way of salvation, which it does, and a false concept of God, not even close to the Judeo-Islamic or Christian concepts of God, it's more closely locked into Hinduism, which is what I teach it under in comparative religions, um, then it's going to take you to hell. Why would you want to forsake eternity for but a breath of air, which is this life. Mm. Now, if there's no God, of course, then yeah, I, I guess it's all relative what you do, but still, don't you value truth? Yeah, exactly. Why and, would you want to do that? Aren't there other ways of doing so? I just don't believe in living my life delusionally and upon an illusion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so something else I thought was really interesting. Um, when I interviewed this gentleman on the radio um, I asked him, so how do you believe you get to heaven? And he said, well, you have to have faith in Jesus, but there's a part you have to do too. And and I said, okay, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, we do like, you. Jesus does like 70% and you do like 30% of the work to get to heaven. And then interestingly enough, I said, well, that's the difference between I believe in uh, we're saved by grace, you know, uh, not by works that no man may boast. And I said, Jesus is 100 percent, not not 70 percent. But interestingly enough, later on, uh, he almost he did a flip flop. And he said, well, he said, basically, he said, uh, I was talking to him and another Mormon. The other Mormon said, no, it's 100 percent. And then he said, no, we're about two percent. And what I've noticed is it seems to be there's a changing philosophy in Mormonism about uh, Christ saving you, meaning there seems to be, the the Mormon church seems to be trending towards saved by grace uh, through faith, uh, you know, more and more and less and less on works. And I just wanted to get your perspective on that. My, but we're coming up on a break here. My guest is Dr. Corey Miller, and he is with Ratio Christi. That's R-A-T-I-O-C-H-R-I-S-T-I dot O-R-G, ratiochristi.org. And Ratio Christi is a huge ministry. It's very likely on your college campus, and I encourage you to get involved with them. Um, and we're going to be right back and continue to finish this, uh, finish this discussion on Mormonism. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. How much time and money do you spend buying lattes and espresso drinks? Express Fix Coffee invites you to discover super automatic espresso machines for your home or office. Enjoy delicious coffee drinks at the push of a button. Dave Martin and his local team help you choose the perfect machine for you. Call Express Fix Coffee for new or used espresso machines, repairs, parts, or accessories. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Dave at 619-825-3985. There's got to be more. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Please check us out on YouTube. We're also podcasting and uh, all kinds of stuff. You can get resources on my website, educateforlife.org. And my guest today is Dr. Corey Miller. And he is coming out with a book in November. If you are somebody who's interested in uh, reaching uh, Mormons or you have Mormon relatives or uh, you want to do something other than just shut the door and say, I'm busy when uh, somebody comes to your door to talk to you about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, this is a great resource, Leaving Mormonism, Why Four Scholars Change Their Minds. That's coming out in November. And uh, uh, Dr. Miller, so is there a a changing philosophy within the Mormon church about uh, what Christ does for you as far as salvation is concerned? Yeah, and let me just mention something, too, about the book. Uh, First off, uh, it was trending on Amazon in number one of new releases in Christian apologetics and in comparative religions. It is the kind of book that you can actually give to Mormons. We wrote it with the intent that you would give it to Mormons, but it helps Christians as well. Now, in terms of the doctrine of salvation, or, well, frankly, any other doctrine, I, I kind of jokingly say it, but I'm also serious, you find five different Mormons, you get six different opinions. It's really hard to, uh, you know, pin the tail on the donkey here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very much like a fish. But, <laughs> but my own background, and, and, and it's, this is why you get different statements from Mormons that you run into, because they're apostolic, prophetic leaders who are supposed to be in unison give you different perspectives as well. And I can give you a whole host of examples, but the salvation one, uh, when I was eight years old, I was supposed to be baptized. That's standard for Mormons. But I knew that when I got baptized, by the proper priesthood, of course, as you're supposed to, 
that it's going to uh, cleanse my slate. I will have a blank slate. And then after I am baptized and I sin, each you know, mark is a black mark on my slate. And I knew as a boy that to get into celestial glory with Heavenly Father, you have to have a perfect slate. No one clean thing can enter. And so I had surmised as an eight-year-old boy, what I would do is I would wait until I was 88 years old on my deathbed, and I would get baptized. I'd beat the system. Brilliant. And, and then I lived in fear for the next year, thinking, gosh, what if I get hit by a semi-truck, knowing that I should have been baptized by the proper priestly authority? And so I capitulated at nine. There is a popular version of Mormonism uh, expressed in try, try your best, and God will make up the rest. But that popular version isn't what uh, the horse's mouth says from the prophetic authoritative writings. Uh, for example, in 2 Nephi 25-23 in the Book of Mormon, it says, um, we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. Mm. And what Spencer W. Kimball, a prophet that I used to sing songs about in Sunday school, uh, he was an apostle for 20 years and a prophet for 10 more. Now, add those 30 years together, giving him the equivalent of, you know, Moses's and Paul's authority. Yeah. Guy writes one major book, one major book to leave his legacy. And it's not about poached eggs or how to fly a rocket to the moon or how to tie your shoes. What we would expect a prophet to know is how to get to heaven or who is God. And he says, one of the most fallacious doctrines originated by Satan and propounded by man is that man is saved alone by the grace of God. That belief in Jesus Christ alone is all that is needed for salvation. That's in the Miracle of Forgiveness, page 206. Hmm. It's telling us how to get our sins forgiven. In Mormon scripture, in the Book of Mormon, it talks about what the job is to get our sins forgiven and when the deadline by when that job needs to be satisfied. It's this lifetime, and it's perfection. It's not works alone, it includes faith, and it includes grace. But you don't get the grace until you've done all you can do, which is perfection. And this book goes into that, The Miracle of Forgiveness. Perfection hmm. is an achievable goal, and it is insisted upon. So, it's okay. not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's mission impossible. And so yeah. the Book of Mormon isn't another testament of Jesus Christ. It's a testament of another Jesus Christ. Okay, so from from what you're saying there for our listeners, you're you're basically saying that Mormonism is teaching that you can achieve perfection, and Correct. that that is the way to heaven. It's not through Christ. No, I wouldn't say it's not through Christ. And this is what uh, what Mormon writings that you're appealing to that you've been hearing about more and more recently mm -hmm. focus on. They say that Christians are always saying that we do this by works a uh, works based salvation and not by grace. And I would say that's inaccurate for Christians to make that assumption. I would side with the Mormons who make this claim. Because the truth is, it is by grace, it is by faith, but it is also by works. Mm. That's the nuanced difference. Yeah. And the grace doesn't even get appropriated until you've worked not 30%, not 98%, but 100%. And then the grace is readily available and it's beautiful. So, uh, so you have to achieve you have to achieve perfection, and then you get the grace. Is what you're saying? That's what the Book of Mormon says. That's what the Book of Mormon teaches, and that's what, uh, for example, Spencer W. Kimball's book says as well. Yes, there's popular Mormonism that says other things like "try, try your best, and God will make up the rest." But that's just pop Mormonism. I want to know what the Book of Mormon, the, the book that's supposed to be the most accurate book ever, 
and the one that uh, shows Jesus' teachings. Mm. And I, I heard a Mormon, uh, one time I was having a discussion with the Mormons, said, said to me that um, we're saved by grace, um, but you can't get into the highest level of heaven without doing something yourself. So you get Jesus' grace to get into heaven, but not into the highest heaven. How would you respond well, to somebody? Yeah. Yeah, now this is uh, an equivocation on the term salvation. Um, they use it in two different senses. To be most accurate, salvation would be predominantly used by a Mormon in the sense that we will all have immortality. Exaltation is the term that suggests what they call the law of eternal progression. That is, if I play my cards right, I'm a temple-worthy Mormon, uh, I don't drink coffee or do all, any of those nasty things, I can get into celestial glory have many wives, repopulate the world, and, and keep the cycle going forever. And at one point, uh, I, as a god in embryo, like we all are, like Jesus was, like Lucifer was, if I play my cards right, then I can become a mature deity and cycle the whole thing back through again. There is no distinction, by the way, in Mormon theology or anthropology uh, in terms of kind. There is only difference in degree. God is Superman, and we are gods in embryo. Oh, crazy, huh? That is uh, really, really uh, nutty stuff. So my guest today is Dr. Corey Miller, and uh, his book, as he was saying, is coming out in November, Leaving Mormonism, My Four Scholars Change Their Minds. I encourage you, if you have Mormons that are friends, uh, buy the book and share it with them. Give them the book and give them the opportunity to read it and really hear from people that um, have a very credible testimony uh, intellectually as to why Mormonism is not true and wh- how it contradicts Scripture. Uh, Dr. Miller, I had one other question for you regarding the future for Mormonism. You know, we've had all this controversy with uh, homosexual marriage and so forth, and our government has decided to redefine uh, what marriage is. And I'm wondering, do you see on the, on the horizon... Uh, is polygamy going to come back in the church? Will the church change their mind if all of a sudden the U.S. government decides that polygamy is something that uh, is permissible uh, down this slippery slope that we're uh, potentially going? I'll let you answer that when we come back. Um, we have one more segment left. Again, my guest is Dr. Corey Miller. He is the president of Ratio Christi. You can check out their website, ratiochristi.org. I highly recommend you do. And uh, we're going to be right back and finish up this discussion. For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0766, fastlanesailing.com. At Dana Landing Marine. Arena across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. 
Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit Conover Home. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's Word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate2efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate2efl.org. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And if you are interested in, in Mormonism, you tuned into the right program here. We are uh, talking with Dr. Corey Miller, who is an expert on Mormonism. He is a former Mormon, and he has an incredible Mormon history. And uh, he's uh, coming out with a book here on uh, Mormonism. And uh, Dr. Miller, uh, you know, it's interesting to me, I don't believe, I, I believe the number is there's somewhere around 15 million Mormons in the world. Is that the right number? Right. And yet there, they seem to be, uh, I mean, I've had them come to my door. Uh, I see Mormons in the news. I see, you know, Mormons running for president. That's not a lot of, a lot of people to follow a religion. And yet, uh, they're all over the place. And so, um, do you think, you know, with what's happening, I know there was a, a show a while back called um, Sister Wives, I believe it was, and it was a show on Mormonism, and they sued, and on a technicality, I guess, uh, they were allowed to, to have polygamy. Uh, do you see uh, Mormonism re-embracing polygamy uh, in the future? Uh, well, it depends. It's a, it's a ban right now. Brigham Young said it was an eternal covenant, and if you didn't enter into it, you'd be damned. And of course... Many of the splinter groups that have their own apostles and prophets and claim to be the one true church, the one true of the true churches, and claim that the Salt Lake Church has apostatized for political expediency, mm. continue to practice it. Um, so will, will it come back for the Salt Lake Church? Because it's already been there uh, since Brigham Young and Joseph Smith started practicing it for many years. I don't see uh, why polygamy is so hard to embrace when we've embraced so many other things, mm-hmm. um, it should have had its day already if those other things, a fortiori, got uh, embraced. Uh, I don't know whether it will or not, but okay. we yeah. certainly seem to be on a morally relativistic roller coaster, because if God is dead, everything's permissible. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Ratio Christie, because you're on college campuses trying to... Um trying to help people think more clearly, especially about the whole issue of moral relativism. I mean, moral relativism has even infiltrated the church, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I teach ethics at a university in Indiana. I've got another book, Is Faith in God, Reasonable Debates in Philosophy, Science, and uh, Rhetoric, co-authored with half a dozen atheists and half a dozen dozen Christians. Our uh, mission at Ratio Christi is a global movement seeking to equip 
students and faculty with historical, philosophical, and uh, scientific reasons for following Jesus. So we've got a college prep ministry for high schoolers to prepare them for college. We work in tandem with the local churches. We've got curriculum-based stuff, uh, DVD-based stuff for them and conferences for the churches. And then we've got a professor ministry. In my view, if we do not reclaim uh, the professorial element of the university, we have committed the greatest omission of the Great Commission. That is the 1040 window of the Western world. Hmm. Hardly anyone is reaching the professor, and yet the university is the most influential institution of Western civilization, and the professor is the most influential post of the most influential institution. We wonder why we're secularizing so quickly as a culture. That's why. Wow. And so if somebody wants to get involved and make a difference with Ratio uh, Christi, then what can they do? What would you advise? Oh, there are so many ways. We want your time, talent, treasures, your touch. Uh, there are so many needs there. We're less than seven years old. We're already on 185 campuses for college. We've got a prof ministry, high school at 40, uh, 40 clubs, 10 countries, including Pakistan, uh, things like that. Go to ratiochristi.org. Uh, email us. Uh, tell us about yourself. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know, you know, what you would like to do to help us to reclaim the voice of Christ in the universities. What do you see as the future of the ministry? Well, I think uh, our college prep uh, is going to be uh, explosive in its growth coming here soon, very soon. Uh, what do you mean? Future, what, when you say college prep, explain that a little bit. Well, so our, our high school ministry, where we partner with the local churches, mm. uh, the demand is still high, but we've resisted until now just be, uh, getting it out there. We piloted it in certain regions because we wanted to be able to better service uh, people when the, when the questions are coming up. But yeah. as uh, we've got our infrastructure getting set up and so forth, uh, we're now blasting it out nationally, and I, I expect it to explode in terms of growth. Uh, the professor element is is always a hard one to crack, but... It is the sin qua non, the that without which not. Uh, we must, must, must uh, reach professors if we're going to reclaim the influential ground in culture. The university, the campus, is the mind of culture, and uh, not only of our culture, but right now the U.S. universities, uh, the mind of the world, too. Yeah, As yeah. goes the campus, so goes the culture and civilization. So it also, um, you know, we, we need to focus on not only defending the faith, but defending the ability to defend the faith. And so mm. uh, we think that, you know, the gospel does not take place in a vacuum. It takes place in the cultural milieu in which it exists. And if out of the university it's dominated by a secular milieu, then preaching the gospel to people who don't even believe that Christianity is intellectually credible is like asking someone, can you just really hard, emotionally, just, just try yeah. to believe in the Flat Earth Society? Yeah. Or yeah. Believe, in Stock, or believe in Zeus and you know, his, his view of human nature. That's what the world thinks we're saying. Mm. It's not our grandmother's America anymore. People don't do uh, apologetics much anymore in our country because they don't do evangelism, but I guarantee you, if you're doing evangelism actively, especially on the campuses, you can't do evangelism without having apologetics somewhere in your tool chest. Oh, I, I could not agree more. I, I, what I've noticed with my own students is that they become more evangelistic as they understand apologetics uh, because it gives them the confidence to be able to answer the questions and share the gospel without feeling like fools. 
Right, and vice versa. You get people out there doing actual evangelism, they get their tail between their legs because people are now asking a lot of questions. You can't have the assumptions that we could 30 or 40 years ago. So our ministry is a hyphenation of apologetics evangelism. We are a special ops ministry. We work in tandem with the other campus ministries and with the churches uh, because we believe we can do things bigger and better together. That's so great. And uh, so last question here for you. We're about we're almost out of time, and maybe this question's a little, I don't know how, uh, too much in depth. But when you say we've got to reach the professors, how do, how do you do that? I mean, um, are you asking these students to, to begin to challenge their professors? Or what, what, is there a strategy to do that? Well, remember, um, we've got different divisions in our ministry. Um, I think we are probably the most educated campus ministry um, because the kind of people that we're recruiting, actively recruiting from our Christian institutes in science and philosophy and history and apologetics, uh, the kind of people that we have uh, on our staff, some of them are directly uh, working with profs. I mean, some of our chapter directors, uh, we have one, you mentioned genetics a moment ago, we have a Cornell genetics professor that's patented. Uh, we've got philosophy profs. We've got uh, history profs that are already part of our, our group. So oh, that's, that's great. Said, when people, people want to call in and say, how can I be involved? Uh, you want to be involved with high schoolers at, at churches? Do you want to be involved on the university campus? Do you want to be involved in reaching professors? Come with us. Join this movement. And uh, for heaven's sakes, as a young organization, we need funding as well for so mm-hmm. many reasons. So sure. uh, we invite your, your partnership. Wow, that, that is great. Well, uh, Dr. Miller, uh, we're just about out of time here, so I just wanted to thank you so much for being on the air, and uh, I will continue to spread the word. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's been uh, great being here with you. Okay. So that, again, is Dr. Corey Miller. His book's coming out in November, uh, Leaving Mormonism, Why Four Scholars Change Their Minds. And Ratio Christi, R-A-T-I-O-C-H-R-I-S-T-I dot O-R-G. Very, very likely they are on your college campus. Get involved. There's so many opportunities to make a difference and to be salt and light to a world that needs to know the truth. They need to know the love of Jesus Christ, and they need to know the truth of Jesus Christ. I'll see you guys next Saturday, or I'll hear you, or you'll hear me, one or the other, depends if you're on YouTube or not. But whatever the case, we'll be back next Saturday. I hope you have a fantastic day. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right, but that's all.